Then she heard a woman who made predictions from. Oh, hello there. Welcome to the Page Turners, the final chapter, season one. one. Ooh, we made it. We made, made it all. This is Spencer Kilpatrick with the final book choice. 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Why'd you choose fiction this book? Fiction book about a fantasy town called Macondo, where a lot of stuff happened there. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Uh, why'd I pick this book? Because in January 2021, when we were all on a call and decided to do a book club, and while we were like scrolling through, like, oh, we should do this book, we should do that book, I went to a book list and I picked this book because I liked the cover. I picked the book <laughs> for the cover. Mm. And it's part of Oprah's book club, so I knew it was going to be a good one. It goes, got us there. Big this is one of the my cover. I left the book over there. This is the second Oprah's book. Club. Oh, you got the different one. Nice. this book club this was one of the few books we were able to find in a used bookstore nearby like one of the first books we found and, and then Val knew what it was right away and I guess it was like it's a really famous book so mm. I loved it not mm -hmm. as intriguing <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so uh <clears throat> We haven't done one of these since yesterday, <laughs> but how do we want to go about? You want to go the the pre the free rank? Yeah, pre rank. Pre score. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Hanch Ranch. Okay, so I'll well, start. Okay, I did not read all of it. I got about what 150 pages in, listening to it via YouTube, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then things happened. So I don't know that I can rank it. Sorry, Spencer. Feel bad. <laughs> don't so feel bad. I am like 80% of the way complete. And more than 80. You I, said you have three chapters left. I mean, that's there's still sizable chunks oh, okay. of chapters. I guess that's true. All right. There's still a lot to happen. Mm -hmm. Chapter like halfway through chapter 17. Um and of, of 20. And I've been talking about this book with my coworkers and anybody that I've gotten the chance to talk about it. And I can't decide if I like this book or not, honestly, mm. if, because in some cases I'm like, this is so weird, but so normal, the way he writes it, which makes it fun. But then on the other side, I'm just like, but why like that like there's a little bit of, of me that is just like why, why is this happening why is it this way that um that kind of frustrates me like it almost like i i wouldn't i wouldn't give into the magic of it too much because of how real it felt at the same time which i think i mean that's obviously his style is that what uh, magical realism yeah mystic realism magic real like realist magic I, it's like it's both right so um it's it was a very strange book for me to read overall though 
it was still fascinating. Sad that I, I mean, it's taken me so long to read. I would still, like, at this point, I would say it's probably a 3.75 out of 5. Because once again, I, I like it more than I hate it. But it's also frustrating to read for me. Oh. Vito? Yeah. Uh, so I had, let's see, I think I think I got maybe, I, re I read the whole book. Uh, but I got around like 130, 140 pages in. I was really liking it. I, I got the, the the themes I was picking up. I liked the use of like what we were talking about, the magical realism to create kind of like almost a um, like mythic, very like kind of allegorical type story. I thought was very interesting. Uh, I was interested in the characters and the plot. And I think at some point after that point, I don't know exactly what chapter that is. I began to found this book incredibly tedious trying to keep track of all the names. I got to a point where I started to realize that the plot was both kind of all over the place, but it seems like that was on purpose and I wasn't supposed to understand it. And that made me really check out of the book. And I, I kind of got to a sense of like, what's the point going on here? And then I got to the end and I'm like, oh yeah, there, there really wasn't, <laughs> this doesn't feel like there was much of a point. Um, but I, 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 I remain open to have my mind change and that I'm missing something that might come up here. So I'm, I, right now, I want to put it at like 2.5. I think it maybe is, I think I'll say three for now, just because I, I think I might've missed something, but mm. yeah, that's all. Val? Uh, yeah, so I had read this book previously just on my own and I've oh, read uh, it most of the way through the second time I still didn't quite make it all the way through the first time I read it I did I did I did read like the first hundred pages or so and then like put it down for long enough that I like forgot what happened but I still like believed in it enough that I started over from scratch and then and then actually read it like front to back the first time but anyway I really like the book I like um the story like the the style of like the storytelling of it and I'd give it like a, I'll, I'll say like a nine out of 10 for now. Help? Yeah, do you want to give your rating? Hi. She's here now. Hi. Um, hey, hello. I think I would probably, okay, so I read the majority of it. And well, I read part of it and I listened to the majority of it. And um, it was a pretty wild book. Um, I think that is, I think I'd probably give it about an eight out of 10. I really liked what I read. Um, every time I got into a, like a rhythm with it, I was like, oh my gosh, like it really kept me going. Like, I just, I just fall asleep a lot whenever I'm reading. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So from what I, what I did, about an eight out of 10. Good stuff. Really okay. I do like how Allison's things always says, <laughs> you always say, I always fall asleep during it and it's never a negative. You're like, yeah, it just happens. You just, it's, just, it's, it's just realistic. I'm on the book because I can't stay awake on this. <laughs> it's, it's not the book, it's me. It's not the book, it's me. <laughs> and you know, Holly made it halfway and I don't know what, what you're all saying about chapter numbers because that's what the chapter numbers are at. <laughs> wow. 
I'm like, I'm lost in here. I'm on chapter leaf. Chapter <laughs> leaf. <laughs> it was just too hard leaf. to be honest. This book's too hard for me because of what Brendan was saying, where it's like a little bit like you don't know what's happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Most by a while, I mean most of the time. And I can't, I don't know, my brain cannot zoom out and just take it as it is like I'm just it's just too bothersome that the whole time I'm like wait what huh and then I hit a page where I got this note from a from a used book person who is writing down measurements for 67 and 5 sixteenths by 11 and 3 sixteenths and I was like the universe telling me to quit (laughs) the Sanskrit scrolls you found it Mm -hmm. or the so it's just too complicated but i will give it a solid two <laughs> because i didn't finish two out of but five or ten i did appreciate like i say on any book like this the amount of description that one person can think of for something because mm-hmm. i feel like when I, you do enjoy that i feel like every time i don't know this has probably happened to a lot of people where you think in life at one point, maybe I was in middle school or early high school where I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And then you start, like you have your pencil in hand, writing down on a page and you can't think of anything. Like I remember thinking, yeah. I can describe that. Or you're like, the cat says, and I'm like, <laughs> do animals talk in my, in my book world? So I give this guy really high praise for the amount of descriptions but it wasn't enough to keep me hooked so i gave him a two eric is disqualified because he didn't read it at I all i did not read it sorry <laughs> <laughs> we so, too have been married daily found the time to do it but i i did not have the time over the last few months so but it sounds like i missed a real humdinger of a book yeah i went humdinger is a good word for it, it too. books aren't yeah. going anywhere yeah the audiobook, the audiobook is pleasant because the guy reads it in like he's not all choppy like I would be not knowing any uh wonderful name pronunciations words. oh yeah I, I didn't listen oh, yeah. to the audio yeah. version <laughs> I meant to look up some of those as I was saying earlier pre-record um I can edit it in post I'll do a shout out to uh Trevor Moffo team off who uh, we were talking about Big it at, at Ballier's 30th birthday. Shout out to Happy Birthday, Ballier. Um, happy birthday. <laughs> he said that each, this book was cool because each individual sentence was like a line of poetry. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I thought that was really um, indicative i guess or like, you know, like i've read that he wrote it very like quickly for like how dense and how long it is yeah. like it basically just was like almost like a stream of consciousness that he like as an editor the inspiration for it it just came like kind of like flowed out of him which i think is pretty i kind of read that way pretty awesome yeah yeah, uh, yeah i agree yeah there's the jumps. only way he could have written it there's all the, that all there's the that positions is just you know, he was just under the gun for producing and couldn't have time, no editing time. There was uh, literally that one passage where Fernando was talking about like 
her situation and it was a probably a page and a half and it was one sentence Did you guys oh, yeah. that? it was it just kept i don't remember out. that but that I believe sounds you. like a stream of consciousness yeah and i was yeah. just like wow she oh it, like i couldn't believe how how much it was going i need to find that one but it, yeah i was i was just impressed that he could form a sentence that was that long so some of my because it's my book i highlighted some okay so i'll tell you how i read it sometimes i guess i didn't realize this was unavailable to some other people until we read m's book the stories of our lives and others shout out to m <laughs> and rated a two she was holding up a two. Oh, I rated it <laughs> nine out of ten, by the way. Um, but anyway, did you say nine? Nine out of ten, niner. Wow. Niner. Yeah, because it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. So I yeah. read the book, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what? Like, whatever narrative I get from this, I get. Oh, and also Bao's book, Lot Forty Nine. Like, I don't necessarily need to know what's going on to get through a book yeah like i think it's like more of i was really like kaylee was explaining the world building you let the book take you right like the world building aspect of it was like and there's actually a quote here oh oh it says okay page 409 at the bottom it says the priest measured him with a pitying look Oh, my son, he sighed, it's enough for me to be sure that you and I exist at this moment. Hmm. That's out of context, but <laughs> in the, while reading the book, it's like, I don't really know what year it is, if it's the past or the future, or what's happening like geopolitically with Macondo, <laughs> or you know who's dying or who is having sex with who. But I know <laughs> that I'm like in this line with this thought right now. And it's just sort of like, it felt like I was being spoken to, um, like just through like some story where it just doesn't really, doesn't really matter what's happening in that sense. Um, some other things that I liked, uh, He put the child in the basket that his mother had prepared for him, covered the face of the corpse with a blanket, and wandered aimlessly through the town, searching for an entrance that went back to the past. Hmm. Beautiful. I will say, I think maybe the best first sentence in a book I've ever read, by the way. If you don't read that first sentence... And you, don't want to read the, and you don't even have to like the rest of the book. If you didn't, if you didn't want to keep reading after the first sentence, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. When, first page, page one. When I was, but when I was starting the audiobook at the beginning, because I, after I gave up on the book, I'm like, I can do the audiobook. It played that first sentence, and I thought, I was like, why won't I start at the beginning? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> when I back, like, it won't play. I think uh, I think this would be chapter like seed for you, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Twig, twig. Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Colonel Aureliano Buendia was to remember that distant afternoon when his father took him to discover ice. Yeah, like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're like I'll read on, <laughs> and then like I forget on what page, but it's like literally twelve pages later. He's like. And then there was a 
Spanish Armada ship in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, was like, that was cool. I was like, I'm liking this. That was cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. um, and the other things on death here, you know, uh, Ursula took the revolver out of her bodice and put it under the mattress of the cot. And don't say goodbye, he concluded with emphatic calmness. Don't bend down to anyone. Pretend that they shot me a long time ago. Like, I don't know. So it's big themes of death and living and memory and war and family. So my first question, I do have a question, is I don't know if anyone wanted to comment on 100 Years of Solitude. One of the main themes that I saw was how the Buendias seem to isolate themselves from the world from Macondo, which they founded from sort of like each other and their own relation, like the marriages that like they're supposed to be married, but they're like kind of isolated from their partner and then isolated from, you know, emotions and. What was the question? Did you ask? You didn't ask. I didn't ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> the question being, I guess that had a really pro- profound effect on me. Um, what was your I, what was your impression of the theme of isolation in a book that has solitude in the, the solitude and isolation seem to be two different things to me. Hmm. Solitude is more peaceful. Isolation is like more outcast and yeah, like whenever whenever characters would isolate themselves into like whatever niche like interest that would they're into, that was when they actually found like the most peace because they weren't they weren't like invested in all of the events that were constantly happening and everything they were just like focused on whatever little thing that they could control while like the gears of time just like continued to march forward but also like back at the same time like i think another theme not to like change what you were asking but like these changes it's like time like I, I always, I think about the line from True Detective of like time is a flat circle. It's just like one. It's just like the same story being told over and over again with different characters, but they're all kind of like on the same track, you know. And like I think the book even ends where it begins, essentially. Pretty much, Spencer, you got to hit him with that. Do you have the the quote from uh, what's her name, uh, Pelar, near the end? Did you bookmark that one? The one about the wheel. I know it's I literally it's literally that but it's like different hang on keep talking I'll figure it out I think I know where I can find it I think it's wild how they they isolate Jose Arcadio um, Bandia, like just under that chestnut tree for like a thousand years isn't that crazy yeah he's just like out there like what He's chilling, speaking Latin, like you know, he's, he's crazy. There. Just your general founder mm-hmm. guy under the chestnut tree, like classic town founder going crazy. <laughs> that old bag. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so there's just one quote here from Ursula on three thirty-five when. When he recognized his great grandmother's voice, he turned his head toward the door, tried to smile, and without knowing it, repeated an old phrase for Ursula's. You're going straight to jail. 
Two Okay, you're uh, uh, an old phrase of Ursula's. What did you expect? He murmured. Time passes. That's not how. That's how it goes. Ursula said, but not so much. When she said it, she realized she was giving the same reply that Colonel Aureliana Buendia had given in his death cell. And once again, she shuddered with the evidence that time was not passing, as she had just admitted, but that it was turning in a circle. Time is a flat circle. Came back around. I found, I found it. This is part of the quote. It, it, it wasn't a quote from her, but it's, it's like the author speak, or the narrator speaking. And this is describing the Buendia family. Uh, a, oh, I had it for a second here. The family was a machine with unavoidable repetitions, a turning wheel that would have gone on spinning into eternity were it not for the progressive, irredeemable uh, wearing of the axle. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like it, wouldn't have, it would have gone on forever if it could have. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe let's break down that metaphor. What do you think that axle represented? Wearing of the axle. I think symbolically it has to be the house, right? Because the house wears down physically. And is is destroyed over time because no one takes care of it. Um, but also, a bloodline can only take so much incest. Before yeah, the whole thing just collapses. Sure, I mean genetic <laughs> genetically, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's yeah. a TV show about that. <laughs> the game of Game of Dragons, the Thrones, Thrones yeah. of Dragons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the house. What was your impression of the house? I thought the house was cool. I liked it. I, in my mind, uh, it was a pretty cool place. Uh, it seemed to be sprawling in my mind. It felt like it was huge. I it, guess. it feels like it had to have been for the mm-hmm. amount of people they say it's there. I mean, I but remember, yeah, yeah, they talk about how they've expanded on it. Um, I don't know. It, it's like, it feels like in my mind, it was like a, mud wall with like or like a uh, with with like tile roof kind of very i don't know see i've seen it in encanto yeah well i mean yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this really can tell this, this can tell you how culturally impoverished we are because we all knew about encanto before this book besides ballet mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. but yeah i mean I, I do think the house was as much of a character as anybody else too yeah um, yeah it it's kind magical of too. yeah oh yeah yeah it's like kind of this stronghold where everybody kind of was there may have been isolated within uh like the and, the, and even spoiler potential here when ursula goes blind and mm-hmm. she's able no one knows because she just is so yeah mad the house mm-hmm mm-hmm I, I loved I loved that chapter or that section where it's like she bumped into I for, I can't remember her name started oh yeah name, and she was like you're not supposed to be here it's the only but, way she yeah. knew it was wrong but, yeah but she but she, she realized over yeah. the season they move out of the shade because yeah. the sun is mm-hmm. in a different spot as the seasons change uh, and she realized that and I was like ah oh, that's clever I was that's that's great but it's like you're not supposed to that's like a microcosm of like the whole narrative Mm -hmm. structure about everything just being like a repetition like a loop 
of the same mm -hmm. story like everybody's day is also the same essentially like they still do they do the same chores and the same like habits and everything mm -hmm. I mean, yeah it's it's wow it's 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 very it's very much just a picture of life albeit a weird life but like these lives all intertwining in this cycle it, like that would be up and down up and down always like kind of they have their highs and then their lows and their highs again and their lows again and that eventually falls apart so i'm and told ursula was definitely my favorite character same I think the most intriguing for me and you know i think like i interpreted her as sort of well, then you read the spark notes and the, apparently spark notes just it's just this is just the bible you know like all the yeah no, it's, there's a lot of that there yeah it's, I was thinking that you know okay yeah yeah I, i'm into it but um i really liked her as like archetypal like mother figure of always being the one to like make sure everyone's okay and make sure everybody is like being listened to and trying to like make everyone safe and you know i feel like her purpose her life was just so drawn out on earth i forget how old she was when she died like 120 20. yeah yeah, something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. because she was just the only sort of sane sane person yeah just like like her need i like I know, she, she, her, she like had her calling yeah you know I would, for me, I thought Ursula was the only like real character in the book. And that's why I liked her so much because she was the only, she, the closest to anyone in that book was to like going up to any of the people involved and saying like, what are you doing? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. And I don't think much of anything else hit me emotionally because I mm -hmm. thought so many of the characters were basically just symbols or archetypes. Like they right. weren't real people in a sense, like <laughs> no real person could like, be so blissfully unaware of like their faults in those ways some of them mm. like it's crazy like what what some of them do which makes you think that and and just with the context of the rest of the book that you know they're they're metaphorical for probably you know archetypes people that we that you you know in in, in real life but probably who the author kind of knew when he was growing up or or just general Red kind of attitudes yeah. within the culture that he grew up in and to that point there were just moments where like you know people would die or like things would happen or there'd be scandal and i'd be like okay yeah sure but like it doesn't it doesn't feel like it really matters it's not it's not like concrete in a way because it doesn't feel like there are real people being affected by it in a sense but mm -hmm. ursula is the closest person to that i thought and she's that right from the first page when like her husband is interacting with the gypsies and wasting all their money and she's like like what are, what are you doing like stop <laughs> and that's really and that's what kicks the whole thing off right i mean that's like mm -hmm. the whole the, the wheel of fate starts spinning i mean technically in, in, in the timeline of the story before that, because there's, you know, stuff when they moved, moved to and discover Macondo, but like as a reader, that's the beginning of like, it all starts falling apart from here. So. And I think it's reflected in the tone of the third person narrative. Um, I saw another, I was reading some stuff about the book about how, you know, um, Marquez writes, about the mundane magically and about the sort of big emotional things like euphemistically yeah so like the murders and like the sexual violence and violence and was is very much like the way it is 
Well, no, it's like mm-hmm. euphemism, like mm-hmm. like somebody yeah. she like menstruates for the first time, and he calls it like the chocolate paste. Yeah. So I I heard someone describe this might have been in the Spark Notes or something. But yeah, we're very, we're very adults. We're still reading Spark Notes for books. Um, it might have been that it was uh, that the narrator is obviously omniscient, right? Because it's describing everything. But whenever the narrator is talking about a character, it, it speaks about the character as the character would talk about themselves. Right. So what you're talking about when, when she gets her first period, like she doesn't know exactly what that means. So to her, yeah, it is this chocolatey substance. That's like how she relates to it, even though we know what it is. And the narrator obviously knows what it is. He doesn't describe it that way because that's what she likens it to. Hmm. I didn't really catch any obvious examples of that for every other character, but I bet that's there. Well, it's just a coldness too of like Colonel Aureliana Buendia, like in the beginning, yeah. very poetic and artful you know, kind of wanting to follow his father's footsteps and like, you know, learning and like the pursuing knowledge. And then as he gets sucked into like these like geopolitical aspect of the, of the novel with war, he sort of loses touch with that emotionality. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see that for him as well. Mm-hmm. And even Ursula's segments were definitely filled with like a sense of like, urgent anxiety yeah and that's when you i think you got the most descriptions of the house too Mm -hmm. because that was like her project mostly you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i did want to mention i did want to mention like for those of us that made it like halfway through the book because and then certainly you know it's supposed to be harder to read the second half like the fact that everybody's named the same three names we haven't even mentioned that yet everybody oh, yeah you know, aureliano or jose or whatever but, man I'm, I'm not gonna lie i was really mad at you spence when i opened the first name <laughs> saw the family tree i was really mad about it oh cool family tree oh but- jose and jose. and jose they're all the same name yeah that was hilarious um, it was so funny it's too uh, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as i feared it was but you're right by the middle it is like yeah. I, I have to assume it's purposefully confounding which mm-hmm. i i think some people may get the effect and be like wow that's so interesting i was annoyed <laughs> so that's what i was thinking but yeah. like it felt I tedious to read which is like that that is a- eliminated half the audience by making it how do you know he made it more challenging yeah. too on, on the second half did you read that somewhere i did Are read that or I, I heard on the i heard that one on a podcast actually because um don't ask me which one but he um just because like, so let's get into this theme too, if you want to comment about like, Macondo really starts losing its innocence when they start, well, it's all, it started without innocence, right? Because it's an ancestral relationship that founds Macondo. But there's a huge theme of technology coming in and making things much more complicated. So like, is sort of speaking like the hustle and bustle and stories going to stories and problems have solutions, which have more problems, which have more solutions, which create more problems. And like how it expounds like that is sort of a ref- his reflection on how, you know, technology has modernization. Sort of yeah, that's it. Thank you. Modernization. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your guys thoughts on that theme or did you notice that theme? Or I mean, I think, I think in general, it's a, it's an interesting in romanticized view and take on 
how a town grows. And, you, you know, it's like you don't kind of realize this happening because most or any of us will be in an established area, right? So it's like it, it put a story to uh, the growth of a small little town that nobody have heard of that grew and grew more people came a train came yeah plantation came it starts the gypsies too actually uh, yeah exactly like traveling gypsies and then like then it became a spot from the world over Mm -hmm. um and then decline Mm -hmm. um so i think in general i think the the whole story of the village is you know i think fascinating in itself it just shows modernization growth and how that yeah like you said how it brings issues how it changes the dynamic of of how life is lived right and so many just different issues come and go um so i actually i liked that part it just kind of really kind of put a ro- like almost a romanticized story of of a village growing through time mm-hmm. um so even I- when it goes even when it falls back into isolation, you know, so like, you know, after the flood mm-hmm. and then the heat wave and then sort of people are killed or moved away and it sort of ends with the Wendia family like in Macondo on their own, once again, isolated. But then their line finishes and that's like the end of Macondo. So like, it's that same sense of that being isolated in the beginning is more simple and like maybe more peaceful, but can it last, you know, is it really building anything? Is it building community? Is it helping to sort of push forward like the human, you know, story? And um, so I, I liked how like the Bandia family was like a microcosm of the whole, you know, human experience in a sense, you know, all these things come in the communities, it builds community, the community can only sustain it for the axle of the wheel until it's worn, you know, that sort of metaphor there. Mm-hmm. Like it's deep. Oh, I lied when I said it's gonna, it could be two Americans in for the US Open final. So, <laughs> it's just, spoiler alert. Maybe you feel like such a strong connection to it because he said that he, and if you read past the little picture in the I don't know if your version has the picture of him with the his whole backstory but he said he wrote this off of his own life oh yeah yeah there's like maybe like eight pages in the back anywho like if he wrote it off of his own life and then you're saying it was so relatable that's probably why it's so popular and influenced so many authors that it just was can't think of the right word hold on stand by <laughs> go on to somebody else <laughs> <laughs> no yeah relatable sure oh go no? on um thesaurus.com <laughs> sponsored by thesaurus.com sponsored yeah we haven't had, we haven't had our sponsorship lately <laughs> No, not since that oil company that sponsored me to talk shit about the other book. Um, <laughs> no, uh, what were we talking about? The, um, the, the way the, the family is like a microcosm and stuff. I think the other thing that's interesting about it too is that with the one with Macondo, you will, besides the people that are immediately in the family, you hear about, you can count like the, on like one hand, the number of other people that are in the town that are named, right? 
Like oh, presum- yeah. Presumably there are tons of other people that are all being fed and we just don't hear their story. But I think part of that too is because, um, and this is, I think this matches with the family being incestuous <laughs> by its nature is that they, the family can't really fully integrate anything from Macondo or the outside world into their self, into their systems, right? Like mm-hmm. they either have to, they're always either marrying from within, they, if they, come into something they try to fully like consume it right like i think at at first rebecca is kind of a good example of this right where like they kind of bring her in and they don't really solve her problems as much like she's still like eating dirt and stuff off the walls like the whole time she's there and is never fully falling back into it too yeah and the way they try to resolve it is to marry her like into the family basically right and that falls apart and doesn't work and then she goes and lives in a shack and you don't hear about her for hundreds of pages until she like dies basically no, yeah they no. find her still in that old old house so, her. yeah mm-hmm. exactly the family either tries to fully consume something or just tries to push it away from them and they can't ever like actually integrate to anything new that comes in town or like be part of the community right they're isolated even within their own community and i feel like that has to be somehow symbolic for something about Columbia that I don't fully appreciate because again all all of this like Macondo isn't just isn't just like Latin America generic village it is Columbia specifically because that's Mm -hmm. very much who this 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 guy was influenced and then he lived there but that's it's it's how he kind of imagined a lot of it but why did Fernanda be able to completely overhaul the house um Oh yeah, Fernanda. I think. I mean, the, the one answer you could have for that is that she's like the only like besides kind of Ursula a bit when she talks about things. She's like the only like devout Christian. Like she has she has like a moral system fully integrated into herself, and she's mm-hmm. trying to impose it on the house, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, they can't even they can't even eventually like it doesn't work, right? You know? Yeah, it's interesting that the house resists. You know, like because yeah. of the room where here we go. Melaquities, the spirit of Melaquity is, you know, in like that sort of like a hidden room, yeah, lost in cobwebs that can't be touched or cleaned. Um, I like the idea of the house as an independent character. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. I was just like, oh, this is where they live. (laughs) 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 Nothing more to see. Nothing here. here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They have rooms. I know that's what I was thinking about. You guys ever read House of Leaves or or heard of that book? You want to talk about? Is that that what he wrote? (laughs) No, it's a different. It's a different author. Yeah. What'd you say? It's like a big book, right? Yeah, yeah. It's but it's like it has like weird. Oh, are just like I have. Yeah, it It has like it has like the type itself is like malformed and like that's part of the story. Eventually, yeah. Once you really get into it, Uh, it starts to like. That's a fun gimmick. That's cool. Yeah, (laughs) it works. It works with the story, but yeah, if you're just like flipping through it, you just start seeing words and spirals and upside down and (laughs) stuff like that. You're just like, what? (laughs) The book is alive. Yeah um but yeah another, it's just like on the uh, uh, just talking about a house that's like literally alive like living and breathing and like changing without people realizing it and like as its own character it's, it's just kind of reminded me of that no and it's definitely a book where i can see you reading it multiple times maybe even just back to back and just being like oh like i've never i didn't even notice that the first time or i would love to read it again 
in um, like knowing the full scope because I think like the war ends on like like literally halfway through. Yeah. Um, what's the rest of the book for? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, and the war is crazy too because it's like barely described. It's like mm-hmm. it's like they, yeah. something happened. They don't the, the liberals don't like the conservatives. We know that much. Mm-hmm. And and it because the family is on the liberal side. They they're the good guys in this case until they're not. And uh, the only thing that we as the audience see of the war, like we hear about it, we hear like that, you know, the one the, the general goes off and like fathers like 17 sons and loses like 30 plus wars or something like that. Yeah. But the only thing we ever see is like occupation of the village, whoever is not in power gets summarily executed in the village square. And that just rotates a couple times until there's no more war. Yeah, and I'm like, time. that's insane. But also that might be how people just saw some of these huge civil conflicts in, in the rural parts of like Colombia, right? You know, they, they were like in massive civil war in the seventies, basically like nonstop. And it's like, if you don't, mm-hmm. you, if you can't you zoom out hear, far enough to know, yeah. then what else is it to you? But like just murders, you know, shout out. Yeah, like you're not hearing the, every detail or whatever. It's not like, yeah. Mm-hmm. but for me that i i like i like appreciate that and this is this is one of those things like i totally get like most of the symbolism in here all the time i like understand what he's going for but that just felt so unsatisfying to me it's like well, i'm reading all these pages about the war and all these people and it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter i don't really have i didn't really i could have skipped like half these pages and i wouldn't have like missed a lot i don't feel besides like the the uh the well-written bits of it right that that spencer mentioned and quoted a few of them i think uh, that even goes into another point I was going to bring up um, the idea of memory or lack of memory mm-hmm. um, that a lot of the there's a lot of big scenes or parts that are forgotten by main characters um, or fear of forgetfulness um, even like the they cure her eating dirt and plaster and then like an amnesia sickness oh yeah literal communicable amnesia yeah yeah right insomnia it until they discover the Rugo whatever which is the photograph um, machine and um but I think like the characters are again so I won't say close I'll say close-minded close-minded to their own needs Mm -hmm. and you know kind of passions that that's sort of another factor perpetuating the wheel yeah i I think maybe that's that's a big point of it i think i think in a sense it shows that maybe the dangers of being as selfish as they were right yeah they're they're very just focused on themselves and their own pleasures and their own whims and a lot of those would kind of be putting them on to an interesting path of destruction um that I don't know, maybe is is that something? I don't know. Something I just thought. It's just like a lot of them seemed very selfish outside of like Ursula. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but of- even hers too, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can say that her MO was like selfishly because mm-hmm. she ignored, okay. you know, others or maybe the wants of others to like put them in the category like no like you have to be out here with the family like no i just want to make gold fishes all day <laughs> and so inability to like see the comment the middle ground but they're all sort of taking care of each other at the same time but mm-hmm. i think it's easy for the characters especially through like as the book gets more complicated with modernization industrialization more people coming in that 
and uh, like so what i was saying about for me what Beto just said about the war like oh why don't we have any more details there but the book almost reflects that same thing like the details are like forgotten about the war so we don't really know anything about it so it's mm-hmm. just happening without any sort of like influence we have no influence over the war and if by fact that we don't know what's going on with it like did we forget because even when Aureliano, colonel Aureliano comes back and there's like no stories about it yeah it's like kind of how can you learn any lessons you know mm-hmm. if there's no information being passed on other than just the information just the random stories about like the characters you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but i it's think it's all there it's yeah. in the sacred texts the sacred texts so like is, that, that, is that it is that something too it's just like are they blind like is that a, is that a metaphor that they're blind they can't read what's in front of them that could tell them to get out of this vicious cycle but they're too blind or too well that's even fun too because you know especially when they thought that he was speaking like tongues it's like no nah, this is latin yeah that's Latin. and like oh the sacred text it's in a it's in this not like i can't read this it's like no that's sanskrit like (laughs) billions of people can read this you know um so i don't know i just thought that was like but then again you know i guess you have to like form a connection to be able to like a relationship with somebody else in order to read Mm -hmm. that stuff you know i i thought it was interesting how so many of the like and, and again it's really interesting that they're like all the like sex scenes and stuff is very like you like it has euphemisms a lot like it's not like like you can tell what's happening like there's descriptions of how people feel before it happens and after it happens but like it's not like smut really usually but there's a lot of it and um that is very in detail described and there's a lot of passionate love there's a lot of kind of like um I don't know if people know about like the what is like the four kinds of love that like the Greeks had. Um, the one is I think the the uh, was it eros or is the is like kind of the the love of like um, like between like in a like a man and woman like kind of that's where I think we get get erotic from and stuff like that. Um, that's very well described. But the, the one love that is the most important is agape love, which is like love of the other in like a, a, a parent to child sense, right? It's a like self-sacrificing love. I like barely could tell they acknowledge the children that they created in this book. And in some cases they just don't. Like the like the general has like 17 sons that he just never talks to, you know, mm-hmm. and across the country. Capable of love. I know, but it's like, but even even in the beginning with the with Ursula and what's her husband's exact name again? I forget. Uh uh jose yeah yeah um they even they they even make a point that he he doesn't like really help raise his sons when he gets like obsessed he gets so focused on his thing yeah he just ignores them right Mm -hmm. books yeah and that kept going literally all the way up until the last page of people just ignoring their children which I found insane, and like as a new dad was like, "What is happening?" Or a don't, dad, don't listen. This is don't not listen. A this is not a yeah. This is not a uh, this is, not a recommendation. This is, yeah, no. this is how not to parent. How not to parent. Uh, so but yeah, but like that's that. When you think about it, though, that that kind of love is what everyone literally needs to like be a person and like 
thousand hunters, you guys probably can tell this better than me, like specifically, but like, you know, when you have a, a child, they're not, not like a spoiler, right? Not yet. They're not like a person yet, but you, <laughs> but you literally like love them into being like, if you didn't love them and sacrifice for them, they would never grow up. They would never really exist as people. They would just be like, you know, kind of animals and they, well, they wouldn't live. They would die if you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if that, if you don't have that, what hope do you have to like navigate real life in like a complicated moral way you know yeah how are they supposed to get out of their exactly their yeah which circle which i i couldn't really tell from this book and i was leaning towards like nihilistic but do you think it's nihilistic or is there any was there any hope for them in this at all was there like is there any character in it or like message that you could have thought like well if they had done this differently or or, or there was an opportunity here for someone to like break the cycle was that even present for them did you tell or like the, did you think that the author was like this is just this is life or is terrible them. and it's gonna happen you know I yeah. Think, yeah i feel like i feel like the one person that could have broken the cycle was oh family tree the family tree i i would imagine it was the God, jose acadio the one the one who ended up being the the foreman in the plantation a farm and then he was a part of the the whole massacre deal yeah yeah it felt like he was the most normal of them all okay um and then so you're saying like after he witnessed the massacre i think even before or just if that, I don't know, it felt like he had the biggest chance to make, to kind of keep things normal. It, because like, other than, other than the, like the worker uprising for taking Sunday off, which I don't think like was like that big of a deal to lead to what it did. If that didn't happen, I feel like he would be as normal as, as like, as any of one of us living a life. Um, but yeah. And then he had that kind of very traumatizing experience mm-hmm. i felt that whole situation i read that section probably two or three times to understand the fact that like that actually i couldn't have i couldn't re- it was so fast i couldn't right? figure out yeah that that's like the point i think there, yeah yeah and uh, then, yeah I had no experience and then the same and then the fact that everybody was just like what right you yeah know, and then like, and then the the years of rain come and there's no mm-hmm. evidence even that it was there the, even the banana plant is like just washed away basically yeah I, that was so strange to me right yeah but that's the thing it's like sure yeah he might have been like the most normal of them but like was it just faded that he has to be involved in that trauma because then after that his only mm-hmm. focus is the thing that isolates him and puts him in solitude mm-hmm. is just remembering that it happened right and there's like i would say i mean there's yeah, definitely an honor in that like that's that's if you experience that and you feel like you had this profound like evil that washed over you and no one remembers it like you would need to hold on to the memories of these people like that makes sense to me but yeah i i guess and we can i don't know if we wanted to, if spencer you want to wait to talk about this the last thing that happened but i really got i read to the end and got that scroll and i'm like oh no it was it was all determined like this was nihilistic it's like it was written down the whole time so nothing mm-hmm. could have changed and that turned me off to the book generally i thought Got a real Neo in the house, folks. Oh, my uh, God. Really? <laughs> Hitting me. No, I like the Because it seems so... Because 
yeah, that was it was interesting. And I think it happened so late. And I think by the time you get to page 336, you're just sort of a little fatigued and just yeah. like, oh man, I just gotta get through this. Like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's some confusion at the end. And then literally the last paragraph or two is him reading in real time a description of him reading mm-hmm. the scroll. Like he's finally interpreted it and he like. It's like that moment literally in Spaceballs when they pause the yeah. video. Right. <laughs> it there. is. It is like Spaceballs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it, it was inspired by that. Shout out to Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, um, big, big fan. Big fan. Uh, would love to have you on the, on the, on the pod. Mm-hmm. We'll read your book if you have one. <laughs> Gotta have one. But anyway, because um, up until that time, I thought this is, you know, this is pretty cool about. I don't know, maybe it's like a mental health thing. Oh, what's that? Mental health? But mm-hmm. that the world is chaotic and like things do happen. So like the map, I did like that part. Like, oh, he's at the upright. He's at the group meeting. Like, oh, now they're all being killed. And like, oh, now he's like being thrown into the ocean. And it's like- Unpredictable and uncomfortable. Unpredictable and uncomfortable. But then, yeah, at the end, it's like, oh, but it was, it had to be so the whole time. And if they sat to listen or read or take the time to learn, could it, could something have changed? I want to agree. Yes. That discomfort was intriguing of like, oh, could some of this have been avoided if they, and then it's just even now as we're talking, like, now I like want to read it again, obviously, but it's just like those scanning for turning points. I think Matt, you you called that one out. That was pretty good. Like, there, I'm sure there's like there's got there has to be so many more. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I honestly think that I think that's a for me that would be like a big key to this book is that the answers to all of their problems are in front of them, but they don't want to look at it or they don't understand it either from like the ignorance side of things or the the just because they're doing what they want and not under not seeing that there's a better you know or like a a better way forward um i mean it could even like like i just it's it's like i don't know i don't i don't know how to say it's like is is this a, a, a sense of like there are morals and values that we all should share that they don't take a part of but if they did, they could have avoided all this too. I don't know. It's just like whenever I'm hearing this and I kind of skimmed over the end for the spark notes and I saw that, you know, that they ended up reading everything that happened, but the fact that it was in their closet, right. And it was mm-hmm. there for them and it didn't happen to just be Sanskrit. Right. And it's just like, it had to have been avoidable if they would have just taken like the time to expand from maybe just their own family to learn and gather more like uh, understanding and not stuff like that. I just feel like it was all avoidable. This didn't have to be a tragedy to me at least. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, so the, the real question is if, if someone had figured out how to read the scroll earlier in the book, would it have would a, a different it? scroll? Mm-hmm. Mm. Would they, would they have, they, would they like add, would it stop at the moment that that person was reading it at that moment or would they have gotten the whole version of the book we read and been able to make a different choice i don't even know mm-hmm. I don't think, there's no answer to that in the book i don't think but can we ask that'll, him? that'll bake your noodle that'll bake your oracle noodle. matrix 
feels feels very feels very inception yeah very. that's that's one of those ones where it's like and you're reading the book right now it, that was one of the, like i've been hit with that before and some other stuff and i'm like get out of here don't please don't do this to me <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i i want to believe that that he wrote it all and that was it and then it would have been that and they would have been able to see the future mm. i guess he was a mystical gypsy yeah so i wouldn't put it past the fact that he wrote out the future that was changeable because it was written out i don't know i don't know that's that's what i want to believe i don't know yeah i i really don't know i it just like getting to that moment made me really think that like there wasn't the the, the author didn't believe that there was a way for this to be different that's what i think mm. um and i don't know enough about his like like I, I read a little bit of the personal life stuff he had in the back, but I don't, I, I don't know how, cause again, I, I, I do think so much of this has to be metaphor for his country. I don't know how much he believes in the project of Columbia, like as, as, as something that can ever function. I don't know if he believes that or not, you know, mm-hmm. that would, that would probably inform that question. If I knew, if I knew more about like I what he thought exactly. Did. I think he did dislike it. He went, he exiled himself like a couple times like they would they celebrated him and he wasn't even there to Mm. be a part of the celebrations he just didn't care well he didn't like them yeah i know yeah i wonder how that is to be a national a Colombian national and have this author be so celebrated you know it says i guess you know Most of his fellow Colombians who familiarly and affectionately refer to their noble laureate as Gabo went ahead with birthday celebrations without the guest of honor. But Gabo headed north. And like, it just goes on how he had been back and forth to Colombia, Mexico, and other countries since 1956 and to his 70s. Yeah, the... Anecdotal bits I've seen from people who like say they're Latin American or like Spanish speakers natively that read this all say they like love it and that it feels representative of their lives, which is both like interesting and terrifying a little bit considering <laughs> what happens in the book, right? So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, yeah. It's almost like uh, almost like Vonnegut, like at the end, you know, kind of like and like so it goes. I was getting Vonnegut vibes from this, yeah, for sure. Mm. I was actually going to mention one of um, like. I've read like Kurt Vonnegut's uh, bullet points, like tips for writing or whatever. And one of the things that he does a lot in his books is like tell you something that's gonna, like tell you like a major future plot point that's going to happen very early on. Mm-hmm. And then that gets you hooked and because you want to kind of see like how it gets to that point. And like it literally does that in the first line yeah. of the book. And then but that also like lends itself to like the whole theme of everything kind of being like predetermined in a way of like is there actually free will or there's just like various archetypes that are playing themselves out like over and over again but yeah. he's like telling you the future events that are hap- that are going to happen because like they were always going to happen but like if you're interested you're going to keep reading on anyway because you want to see how like how we get how we get there but yeah then sometimes like when those major events happen like you, you guys mentioned, like with the the massacre, like it happens so quickly and like almost like flippantly, that it's just like a, it just goes by, 
and you're just yeah, like, wait, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> did I miss? Did I miss something there? Or you're like, I don't know. That's how I, I thought that was a dream. That's oh really? Yeah. Parts of the book. That's just like, oh my gosh, and that's happening, and now this is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that really got me, and I'm not quite sure why, but like this whole buildup of um, Mr. Crespi is on Ramonda's like little like first you know he's into Rebecca and and then um and then he's finally like okay well I'll pursue this thing but Ramonda and then and then he's finally like oh well, let's get married it's like ha, no and then he's dead <laughs> it's like what yeah right yeah yeah that that was shocking that was like kind of that made Mm-hmm. Yeah, you thought he was going to be a part of the family and everything. It was like a long time, and it was just like a matter of time until that happened. He, he, he just offs himself. Like, yeah. And the way that he does it, too, with like all the music and all like the. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? I loved it. Um, I feel like we also have to talk about the the one scene where uh, was it Rabados just literally flies away to heaven, like literally, literally the wind so takes I her away. Really, I was really confused there, so we'll give we'll give the Spark Notes to the Spark Notes about <laughs> what Spark Notes had to say about that scene. That was weird. She was Rabados the beauty, but she was obsessed with her beauty and sexually innocent that she didn't like clothes and move. Walking around nude was the only way that she was, like felt that it was natural to like be. Mm-hmm. And so they, she was like the last marker of like all innocence. Mm-hmm. And when Makondo reached a boiling point of, I don't know, corruption and death and wrongdoing. That yeah, she, more people, that, right? She was just called to the heavens like she didn't die she no one knows what happened to her and it is it's just kind of like plopped she right got there. Frodo'd. literally mm-hmm. just like and that's like it for her and everyone that was, was so like, weird yeah so yeah, we, i don't know but by, by that point in the book i was just like rolling with it like oh yeah of course she does yeah mm-hmm. why wouldn't she that's what i mean yeah, yeah. right because yeah, yeah. And like oh oh like she she her name was back. like i just want my sheet back yeah. yeah, Fernando. Yeah. Fernando it's was worth my there. sheet. God. Yeah, right. <laughs> How annoyed would you be? Yeah, you'd probably love Again. that. Again, typical. But typical. I think part of that. My my thought with that was that like, and again, she's probably one of the characters that is the most like purely a symbol than anyone right. else in the book. She has like no character, and mm-hmm. she has like the um no dialogue either. No, well, only a little bit. And and the one part that really it's stuck bad. out to me was the scene where I think it was, I don't even think it was someone in the family. It was some guy who was like wearing the house or like was in the house, like saw her bathing. Mm-hmm. And they describe her as like, she has a literal intoxicating smell. Like you you can tell where she was in the house because you can smell like, I don't know, lilacs or whatever, um, wherever she was. And she's bathing and this guy, yeah, well, yeah, this guy walks mm-hmm. in and he is just like, he can't take it, how beautiful she is. And she doesn't even understand that it's inappropriate that he's there. And he's just like, just please let me wash you in the creepiest possible way I imagine. <laughs> and she's like, but I can like wash myself. Like, why would you need to do I'm that? I'm okay. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like, so, but but you see like it's combining, like she has obviously like the, the this amazing 
like sexual power over men that women have, right? Archetypally, like they have this, they, like women sometimes don't understand how much power they do have over some men in some situations. And she is so unaware of it. It literally kills the guy. He like slips on a tile and like cracks his head open basically because he he's like in, in, in the bathtub and he just can't like her presence is literally like killing people because she, she hasn't like embodied that part of herself. And she, I think is like literally too pure for the world in the condo. Like in this messed up place where people are getting violated and raped and you know people are having sex with their their cousins and their sisters and their brothers she she literally has to be removed (laughs) for for both her safety and everyone else's Mm -hmm. um and it's like yeah it's it's just it's crazy but then again it's like i just kind of laugh at that point because it's just like this is like this isn't like it's real obviously it's presented as real in the story like literally happens but it's so it's so symbolic that it's like well it's like you know they're not like people in a sense. She was never I, real. Like, you and I are people. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, one less character I have to remember. Thank God. Like <laughs> story with, uh, you know, Hell's the Absence of God, like her character was a lot like the angels. Like they, she just like is there, causes mm-hmm. all this disruption, and then isn't there. Yeah. It's like, okay. I but, feel like, at, like after this point, things just got really sad. Oh yeah, it's like it's bummer after bummer. Every, then, yeah, yeah. I think everything before that was like, oh, magical, kind of weird. I was going with it. After that, things for me got very sad. Like the story of 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 Meme, like her story, mm-hmm. and like I don't like. I thought that was just so kind of devastating. I, like because even down to like, okay, her mom ended up ordering a guy to end up shooting her her lover, and then or paralyzing him right Mm -hmm. that's yeah uh, like he never talked again and stuff like that she never talked again she got sent to like a mental hospital she had a baby and the baby itself wasn't cared for because fernanda was like ashamed of it and Mm -hmm. like like honestly it felt like after that moment things really got super super like dark and sad for me it's like I don't know. It was like it's like all oh, the rain. Like at least that's where I'm at to this point. It's just like, oh man, it felt really like it doesn't get any better. No, no. But there. I would like to get a shout out to the baller doctor in his iodine pen. That he, was cool. Exactly. That was cool. He should. That's not. Himself. That's it's so subtle too. He's never even. They don't even go back to the doctor ever again mm-hmm. after that that moment. And then, you, like, mm-hmm. once you realize why it happened, it's so interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I thought that was absolutely nuts. I was. I was like, I like. I got like a huge smile on my face on that part. It was like, this is this book is insane. And then things just kept kept on getting yeah, bigger and sadder. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not very much like Encanto. Zero <laughs> Encanto. Yeah, the house, kind of. <laughs> the house. There's magic. They're in Colombia. There's no. There songs. was a. There was a war. There was no Bruno. Yeah, no Bruno. They we don't, don't talk, talk about him. him. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. So that part. There was a high probability that there would be, but there wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> there was there, like, yeah. no probability because everybody was named the same. So yes, well, that's why no it's Bruno's. so sad that Remedios went away because she's she's one of the few that had a different name. I knew exactly. Oh, I know, who right? The book was talking about when Remedios yeah. seen. That was nice, and they gave her an epithet too, like the beautiful. It's like, oh, I can, I, I can like associate. I can read that word at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the beauty, yes, yes, beauty, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know this. Mm-hmm. 
And he was like, you know, that's the that's the most uniqueness. I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I can't be expected to come up with different names for my characters, <laughs> right? It's been a hundred years. I can't. <laughs> you know, you got Arcanio, Eliano, Remedios. Those those are the only four names I can think of. Renata Remedios. No. All right. Nobody called her that. GT. Final destinations of where we landed on the cruise of whether or not we enjoyed the book on a scale of one to five or one to ten. Let's go back to Kaylee. <laughs> dun, dun, uh, okay, I said two. I'm gonna bump that up to a two point sixteenth and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm giving it a two point five. I was thinking of, I was actually thinking of my notes down here. Like I think this book was super successful for what it was. And like like the prophet Gabo wanted, you all interpreted all the little stories and the morals and the values. And he had readers questioning stuff like free will. And I was trying to say earlier that I was really thinking about what I was trying to say. And it was that like how how Spencer really enjoyed it because it seemed almost like you were saying it was relatable and I'm like it seems relatable to crowds like whole groups of people a metaphor for his country and his his whole people's lives all generations Eric actually helped me realize the word that I was trying to find on thesaurus.com wasn't on there because I was trying to make a leap from relatable to oral traditions those are that's two words <laughs> passed down from generations glad you brought that up and it was because when you were talking I'm like it's kind of reminded me of Chaucer in medieval times like stuff. just like all these details can get lost, but the stories can still be told to people that may not even understand everything happening. They're still so symbolic in a way. So right. I think he did that with the family tree at the beginning. Like he set us up right off the bat to do it, but he's also did it in real life for his real people that like embraced him as this being like the best book ever written for them and also if you look on the back of the book it says the new york times like uh review that it's basically the first piece of literature the book of genesis that should be required reading for the entire human race i was like dang yeah it's i think a lot of people river river what's that other word revere i'm gonna get on my thesaurus um like this book as bible stories and parables and things that i think someone i don't know who but someone in this group i couldn't i can't remember now but you were like i wanted to go back and oh it's probably andrew andrew (laughs) you you went back and read it again you could think of things that you didn't think of the first time around so in that way this book and this author is super successful was able to pull all that off just in a one stream of consciousness with no uh chapter numbers i think that was purpose now <laughs> i'm bumping it a whole half point there I was you are gonna say, all that 
for just wow. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be true to myself and I, I can't read these kind of books. Absolutely incredible, filled with literary devices and uh -huh. stories and themes. Uh, but half. you know, only a half point five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a generation. <laughs> Put chapters, chapter numbers in there. Maybe Bob Clay, if you're listening, I am a strict critic and I'm still sorry. I'm <laughs> hey, still sorry. We appreciate it. That's what we want. Oh. <laughs> what about the bows? Uh, I think I'm still at a nine out of ten. Yeah. Still eight out of ten. Vito, uh, I will solidly be at three out of five, and I think the bump is from. And this is my failing as a reader of it. I think I was so just annoyed with it <laughs> by the middle part. I missed a lot of the very kind of poetic language that Spencer picked out in isolation. That really reminded me. It's like I can't like hate this too much. It's pretty. Like the bits of it are pretty well written, like in in the in the immediate moment while you're reading it. So I think the beautiful part of that that I, I can't like diminish that. I just think that whatever message is getting across, it either didn't hit me or I I, I don't think it did it effectively enough. So so that's that's two points off for that. Can I say something maybe pretentious right now? Oh, here you go. But I really did consider this book like a work of art, and I think. Like, I know that I was really interested in Kaylee's book for the, the art thief, uh, Priceless. I couldn't remember my book. My, 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 my favorite chapter was when he, like, learns how to appreciate art in museums. Because, like, when I go to museums and I look at art, I'm like, hey, you know, like, it's like a nice picture, you know? And I, like, feel weird feeling that way. But you know how like when people describe being moved by like literal paintings or prints or pictures, I was like, you know, like, yeah, it looks good. You know, it's <laughs> taking a long time. And I really look at it mechanically where I feel like a lot of you guys or maybe some of you guys like in certain books, like maybe view books like almost like mechanically in a sense yes, or at least that, the, is the, how, that is how I'm feeling when you was just, just describing that I'm like that's how I'm feeling about this book it's always a little uncomfortable because I know that you some of you can get so much out of it and I'm like <laughs> what? like <laughs> it's not clicking like yeah the expectations right expectations yeah. of what a book should be so this is going to be a spoiler for my bonus question at the end so have your answers ready. But the bonus question was, what have you learned about yourselves as readers during the first official book club? I, this is the first book club I've been part of. But anyway, yeah. but that was my, that was my answer. I was like, I guess I didn't realize like how different, I don't say I'm like, that there are different spectrums of oh, readers yeah. as, or like what you get from books, even like picking books and things. Um, but anyway, um, we can talk about that, I guess, yeah. after. But yeah, I, I think no. like the craft of this book in particular, I think, was really high. Like in term, and like, it, which is funny because it's stream of consciousness, but it felt so much of it feels deliberate, um, and how everything was set up, which is which is interesting. But yeah, Matt, printing is everything. Sorry. So wait, is it wait for What's my, your, my rating? Oh, the rating. rating? Yeah. Brendan, did you say your your rating is getting what? Your, your first uh, five, was three three out of five, right? Or? It was between two and a half and three. I hadn't decided. I decided on three. 
for for both. You can keep you can keep three for both. Yeah, that's fine. Three for both. Okay. Three out of five. That was at a three point seven five out of five. I would probably give it. I mean, like, yeah, I'm not even done with it yet. So <laughs> this this conversation will help me let go of the need for a a narrative to flow and make sense, right? And like, kind of let let the magic do its thing right and just kind of be in the moment with them um so i think i i give it i'll give it i'll give it the the quarter bump i'll give it a four out of five nice is laura there she she chirping in laura you're gonna chirp in she says no it's okay she stains (laughs) i was gonna so i'm gonna keep mine at nine out of ten but i'm bumping down a point because I think length of the book was a real barrier, even I, and like I said, like for myself, like at the end, I was like, when I got under 70, when I got the seven, like 70 pages left, I was like, do this, like I have to just like read this. And then, and that kind of takes a lot for me to get to that point. So I feel like if it was just a, here short but then i'm gonna bump it up a point back to nine for the uh, conversation <laughs> i like the process there. you're pulling back the, the curtain like the method yeah yeah so i mean that's where you start from show your work you know <laughs> your work thank you mr mcco um yeah all right so back to the so that's the final book the final chapter. Yeah, read all our book titles out loud, please. Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah. Wait, we to, can we pick a favorite of the? Wait, one second. One? Keep everybody keep answering, and I will share the screen of. Oh, nice. Of how it goes. So let me oh, let me get okay. the final tally. Stick with question one. What did you learn about yourselves as a reader? Was that even something? Is that just me? Laura, do you want to answer? Help answer this question. All right. Well, you can come over here. Okay. <laughs> oh, the mic's over here. So, <laughs> what did you learn self, about yourself as a reader? She'll think about it. Okay. Come on. I'll add it in post. <laughs> I'll answer first. Um, so, I think before we started doing this book club, it had maybe been a decade since I had really sat down and read like so for my own enjoyment, not out of work or school or whatever. Um, and when I was a kid growing up, you know, in a time before iPads and cell phones and all that stuff, I read constantly. In, in a land before time. Yeah, yeah, I read constantly. That was like my favorite thing to do was to read. Um, and I think doing this book club has kind of reignited that enjoyment of reading. Um, I didn't, you know, I enjoyed some of our books. I didn't enjoy some of our books. I was kind of back and forth, you know, some were better than others, but it reminded me how much I enjoy reading. And I think Kay and I have been to the bookstore more in the past like year than I can ever remember just picking things up and reading different things. Um, so I think this has definitely reminded me of how much I enjoy reading um, and how, even though it's, you know, we can get those serotonin boosts of stories from the internet or anything. It's just picking up a, a book and just sitting down and reading is a nice, enjoyable thing to do, I think. And I just really have gotten back into the the joy of reading over the last year. 
do you still like movie versions of things better than books? <laughs> no, he never said that. I've never said that. <laughs> the book is always better than the movie. Get the one movie that was. Except, except the one that was that story from Emily's book that was about Annihilation. I think the movie was better, but. I, I think so too. Actually, I like Annihilation better than the story. <laughs> no, no, sorry, not uh, Arrival. 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 Sorry, yes. Annihilation is a great movie. But, that's uh, that's why I think the same writer as who did one of the, uh, another sci-fi thing. Oh, it's Ex Machina. That's what it was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since Spencer back there. Machina, brutal movie. Okay, anyone else? Um, I can go. Oh. Oh, go. Oh, Kaylee goes. Yeah. Then... We're, still on, we're still on your screen. You go. Mine wasn't that thoughtful. I gave all I could for that 0.5 bump earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I feel like not that I'm disappointed in myself, but I really thought that I would get better at reading stuff. Like like this was just so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I guess I'm kind of like what you were saying for your last 10 years I was never a big reader like growing up you were my brother read everything and I was always sleeping so I just thought what I'm the brother (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that with like a book club that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so good at reading. But it's still hard. <laughs> like, I still, even when we go to the bookstore, I pick out books. But it, I don't, I'm not just like the type of person that's like, I'm going to sit down with a cup of whatever and I read a great book. Like, so that I've learned about myself is that like, it sound, it, that sounds sad. It's not sad. It's just like, it's going to take a little effort. Well, apparently... Know? When I told people that we were like that, I was like we were doing a book club thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, like do you read the books?" And I was like, what? "Apparently we're the only. Apparently we're the only group of people that even attempts to read a book." Most people <laughs> get there and yeah. like, wow. what? That's yeah, that's true. Well, you always <laughs> face that question when you're in like meet a new group of people which I always do because I switch jobs every six months but like you get that <laughs> like hey what like what give like a fun fact or like what's the last book you read and I like always felt like I never had one and for this year I did like I always had <laughs> yeah I'm like, that's oh, true. Wow. have you ever heard of it and they're like no and it, it's a, a solid two-minute combo that I've been able to carry on <laughs> have that's you not listened about. to the, yeah. the page turners <laughs> just, have you heard of no, it? links right i yeah. don't endorse us though <laughs> don't endorse us. and that's why you're getting an equal share yeah <laughs> yeah we're up to like a buck 25 on on our ad revenue so wow. we're gonna send like three kids to college with this so mm-hmm. <laughs> invest wow. that we'll have to figure okay. out which one doesn't go before they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be in this group soon mm-hmm. we got I'm like, better better up that <laughs> <laughs> I'm like summarizing my own thing in my mind. I'm like, I basically was like, yeah, reading is hard. <laughs> reading is hard. I really enjoy reading. Actually, Kaylee, I'm gonna I'm gonna I jump did, in. I okay. do enjoy this group though, and I did enjoy the books. It's just tough. Go ahead, Brendan. I'm gonna jump in and agree with you that reading is hard because 
this in some part yes like reignites my want to read again because i i like stopped reading after grad school i was forced to read so much stuff i uh, didn't yeah. like or didn't think was worth my time and i just wanted to not do that and if i'm being 100 percent honest i if you ask me most hours in the day would i rather be either playing video games or on my phone or watching tv than reading a book i would answer yeah i would rather be doing that than reading the book but the two books that we read that kind of reminded me of of this were uh, the first one, uh, Winter for Discontent, and then nice. um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. So mm. Amusing Ourselves to Death, like that really gave me this idea that I kind of probably knew but really hadn't thought about before was that different mediums are have their purpose, right? Like, like television has a specific purpose and end. Like you know, same with film and same with books. And the, the things I can get out of books I can't get from those other places and it is hard, but it's hard because it's usually worth it. If you read a good book that has a lot of stuff going on. And I would even, even though I, this book that we just talked about didn't hit me in the same way it hit everyone else here. I have to, I mean, I can't deny that it, it didn't have a lot going on. That was, you couldn't get in something that wasn't a book. And what reminded me of that when we did winter for discontent, I was like, Oh my God, like all these books I read in English class and forgot about were probably all disinterested and were wasted on me. But you, but mm -hmm. then as we've gone through, I'm just like, man, getting through all of these is sometimes hard. It's M's more there, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's more of a pain and it has more friction than almost any other thing I'm interfacing with that would either entertain me or have a story in it or something. But, uh, but like if you think of it, like only books can deliver the kind of things we're talking about right now. Like you know, even even really deep TV shows are still TV shows. Um, people try to make like comic books, like literature, and like the closest one is basically Watchmen. And Watchmen still like it is very aware that it's a comic book. Like it, it's still <laughs> doing comic book things. It can't not be a comic book, no matter how much it tries not to be, right? Um, so it just reminded me that reading is important, not in like the like PSA, like get your accelerated reader and get your, <laughs> your you know your free pizza way, but in a way that like there's nothing else that can replace it actually. Yeah, that made me think of like how you were like not for your accelerated reader. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I was like a total utility reader, like just There's like yeah, yeah. That's what I am. I label myself. <laughs> I'm just covering myself tonight. Thanks, Spencer. I used to read so much as a kid, like so so much. Like I, I would get in trouble at school for reading like yeah me too like in Nerd alert. <laughs> Nerd alert. like that's what that's what I got in trouble for was reading whenever I was supposed to be reading something else and was like a book from the library like a book hidden underneath my yeah a book from home like underneath my desk I would like hide it and I would read it while I was <laughs> in like that's class awesome. or something and like yeah, I another book underneath this book yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah I lost recess over it but um <laughs> But anyway, um, not bettering yourself. <laughs> it's just like you know. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm just, I'm still just me though, and I just want to sit on the couch and like not do anything. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I know I need to read this book, and then I, and then two hours have passed, and I'm like, I'm so tired, I can't read this book. But I scrolled on my phone for two hours, so. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I go to bed, but um, I'll try to read for like, you know, half an hour or so. And I'm like, 
gone before even like two pages have been read and and that's why I always listen to audiobooks now in the car but like I like reading books like once I get into it it's just like I never give myself the opportunity to actually get into it and I want to I want to I'm just lazy I guess um is it, 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 it's just like um I I really enjoy reading once I'm once I'm into it it's just like it it takes a long time for me to like get into a flow of it and a lot of the times I I don't give myself enough time um like in these months between between like book club to like actually get into that flow and then I'm like rushing toward the end Mm -hmm. and so I just need to start earlier and but I really enjoy like these discussions it's like it, it makes me excited to read more and I'm always like very reinvigorated at the end of it and then I just do the same shit over again but (laughs) (laughs) time is a flat circle there it is shout out to true detective (laughs) season one yeah yeah I'll watch that (laughs) go ahead oh um yeah, definitely mirroring like what she said and what other people said about how like just like realize I mean like I used to be the same way about like reading for for like pressure all the time. I think my brain's just been irreparably broken by like my cell phone and this is, I just like don't have the same like a, a, attention capacity anymore, especially like the day like what are you going to use it with and like it, a read like sitting down reading a book before bed would be a good use of that time but like I don't always do that so <laughs> but um also something I think that Spencer said just a little while back just I, I kind of realized in there it just in back to like what you learned as a reader like now and like in the past how much more I care about like prose and the language that a story is written over like the actual plot of Mm. the book like like one of my favorite books used to be like on the road by jack kerouac when it's like there's nothing really super insane plot wise that happens it's just them like traveling back and forth across the country and drinking and partying and doing like other stuff but it's just like the way the way that sentences are written like like what you mentioned with Trevor saying how like every line is like a line of poetry like I just appreciate that kind of artistry in the book more so than I'm actually looking for like a new story or something if that makes sense yeah so I definitely like that kind of learned that about myself slash like re reinforced kind of that I already I guess I already kind of knew that about myself but that's definitely is still true. <laughs> I think for me, it's definitely kind of more cemented that I am I am in a very heavy, I want to learn things out of book phase of my life. Like I really mm-hmm. liked those books that we read, um, either like the expo- expose of the Amity and Prosperity to um you know the range book which is amazing and then mm-hmm. using ourselves to death i really enjoyed those for the um and even devil in the white city 
yeah, it's just it 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 it's something to to kind of kind of pour in your brain and you kind of get to like, oh, like I learned something from this. And it made me think about something like that. But it's also kind of um uh at least like the discussion from crying a lot, um 49 to winter of our discontent in this one has given me a little bit more of a little uh, fire to think about the prose, think about how it's written, think about the metaphors and understand why English teachers become English teachers. <laughs> um, because I, I do think that there is a lot of interesting things there. Outside um, of the fact that they want to bully children. Exactly. To who? Shout out to English teachers. Yeah, they do their best. Um, but yeah, tomorrow so, World Literacy Day, I think. When is? Oh, tomorrow. Unless I got the facts wrong, I don't remember. I'll add the hashtag in the uh, in the in the title or the uh, the notes so we get extra views. Oh yeah, juice that algorithm up. <laughs> yeah, we got to. I, I saw this really funny meme the other day that was like. English teachers when they actually have to teach and not miss half the year because they were pregnant and having a kid or something. This is like a guy that's just like beating up his desk and like throwing his stick crack up. Cause I, I literally remember having like three or four different English, like maybe two or three English teachers that missed like sizable portions of school years because they were on maternity leave. <laughs> it's not like a universal experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely remember that too. Multiple years <laughs> in grade school, so my teacher's gone because they had kids. Miss O'Hare, she was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Miller, Miss O'Hare, yeah, she was yeah. gone. Yeah, O'Lair. O'Lair, that's it. O'Hare, Laura. Well, they were really old and already had kids, or they were young and just and just starting to have children. Mm -hmm. There was no in between. They were either young enough to start having kids or they were too old they were all women yeah i guess that's probably what it is honestly most english teachers are women yeah mm -hmm. mr feeny oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean from boy meets world yeah oh, okay oh yeah and so here we are the final the i final thought my computer finale. broke for a second <laughs> is it rated yes so, ah. so so here is the top books from the season number one, number one is the story of your life and others which took place in january oh. got an 80 january 2022 it's got an 84 percent remember that man who's that that was emily's crush i i killed it mm-hmm yeah, so, so I killed the curve there, my bad. That's got so, a, a, a very high page turner score of 84%. Um, number two is Amusing Ourselves to Death, which was April 2022. Uh, got a 78.10.1, I guess, percent. Uh, highly recommended by the page turner family. Um, <laughs> then range, number three, July 2021. I can't believe it took more than a year to do this, but we did it. Um, uh, 73%. Oh, wait, I got one out of, out of, out of order. order. Out of order. I'm not very good. No. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's ruined. Getting, you're getting booted off the podium. I should have I should have read this book so I could give it a low rating and tank it. <laughs> tank the score. Really oh, we had the pity. Burn myself. I mean, I guess. Yes. Hundred years of solitude. That was good. Excel work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On a max. Seventy-five percent for hundred years. Number four, range at seventy-three percent. Number five, priceless. Big Bob Whitman shout out. Sixty-nine. Yeah. Percent. Oh, right. 69. <laughs> oh my god. Shout, <laughs> out. Shout out to Bob. Nice. Um, yeah. Bonus, bonus with Bob there. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Bob. Too afraid to record it, but we yeah. there's a nice conversation. That was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh Amity and Prosperity at number six at 67%. Winter of our discontent, number one, the first one that we did. Uh got a 66%. Uh, nice yeah, these ones got different ratings because that one only got a final rating. Wonder how that would have changed if we did a mm. did our uh, first and in, in, in initial and last. Crying mm-hmm. a lot, 39, 39, 49, uh, 59, got a 58%. Uh, at number nine, fear is a choice. Thank you, Drew. Uh, with uh, a... Drew. R.I.P. Drew. R.I.P. Drew. This immediately dropped out in the next book. Uh, (laughs) Crying a lot 49 really did him in. I feel bad. Um, Number 10, Devil in the White City. That dense book. I liked it, but it was was there. And then number 11, Church of Malfells uh with a 46 sorry about the lyle household here we didn't we did not come in strong <laughs> lyle with household our, with our choice. man i uh, eric larson give up now because james <laughs> connor beat you by a percentage point by our <laughs> i'm sorry obviously eric, objectively correct rating wait, wait eric when... larson went out on a limb editorially to put combine two separate books into one story and judging by the fact that james connor beat him as a writer i think that's a universal not a good idea (laughs) (laughs) when eric and i went to this uh literary like what was it like a big fair like a book fair thingy um it was just like a time used books like it was like it was probably thousands of books in greenville but i was like going through the little columns and that devil one what was it called devil, devil in white city. city it was in the it was in the american history section and i was mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. technically uh, yeah uh, yeah i will say generally uh, generally all books got a bump except for church of marvels oh um <laughs> after pre and post <laughs> i apologize on sarah's mm-hmm. behalf she's, she's <laughs> tonight, but... the more we talked about it the more we hate it. <laughs> 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 it, got, it got bumped down so much and she even had i think another book on there at first and switched it out because i think she read it in the past with one of her friends and she it was did. just like she was like oh i remember there was like a twist in it like i wonder if people are going to be able to guess the twist and then i remember we even finished the book together and she was just like yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious um all this yeah. shows is that discussion is great for books yes well, I think Allison said 
you know, I think she tied it up like the discussion part. I mean, that's why I, that's why we wanted to do it, just to, like have like some accountability and hanging out. The pandemic is still raging for those listeners. People tuning in the future in. Ra- raging. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> the, but I think when we first started it, we were a lot more disconnected. You know, mm-hmm. yes, for sure. This was a fun way to you know get together and not be like oh what's going on in your life what's going on in your life what's going on in your life i've learned a lot about all you people so that's kind of awesome we made a whole dollar <laughs> we're all a dollar richer than when we started well probably not because kaylee and eric bought like every version of like one of the books oh uh, yeah, yeah we'll be uh taking that yeah, you guys are in the hole i think yeah we we got a dollar 28 so we're, we're doing we're in the green <laughs> <laughs> we don't we not only bought multiple versions of the worst book of all of them <laughs> one's the first right. edition mm-hmm. still right. i think though uh has, has season two has, has been greenlit i i believe um so i guess we i guess we'll we'll go back to you and, and get a Get a whole list of new books that we're going to read. Oh, yeah. We need so. a better grading scale. We can't be let's, doing that. Let's go over the logistics after the recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Good listeners. Until next time. <laughs> I'm yeah, in the next book. In the next <laughs> book. Book.